Welcome to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Owen Shadrick, and happy All-Star Week, everybody. It is finally here. We are releasing this on July 25th. The All-Star Game is July 26th. That's Tuesday. It's going to be a fantastic day. It starts, gates open at 4 p.m. with the Home Run Derby at 5, and the game itself at 7 p.m. Beer Fest in the middle. Tickets can be bought on the Bees website, so be sure to tune in for that. We want to give you a quick standings update, and there are basically no changes from last week. Vermont remains in first place, having that position on lock at this point. Nashua is in second, tied with New Britain, and Westfield is in fourth, so those four teams occupying our four playoff spots. A lot of news this week, this past week in the Futures League. If you didn't tune in on Wednesday, we had our All-Star Game special want to once again thank Joel Lara and George Goldstein for being our first ever captains and drafting our first ever player drafted all-star teams. It was a lot of fun to hear their banter back and forth and, and some controversy in there when a, a little Lake monster ended up on Lara's team. But uh, you guys will love that. So tune into the all-star game special. You can find it on our YouTube and the links on our socials. For the Home Run Derby was also announced, and I'm going to read that off to you now. The Brockton Rocks, Chenar Brown, the Nashua Silver Knights, Shane McNamara, Mark Coley of the New Britain Bees, Matt Flaherty of the Norwich Sea Unicorns, Robbie Burnett of the Pittsfield Suns, Jackson, Cam Seymour of the Worcester Bravehearts, the May-June Player of the Month and one of the hottest hitters in the league, Jackson Hornung, and Vermont Lake Monster and Hot Dog Hat-wearing Phenom Colby Brulette are your eight participants in the Derby. Each of them will have swings in the first round before the top two finishers head to the second round, and that will be the championship for the Derby. It's going to be a great night. Once again, the Derby starts at 5. The All-Star Game starts at 7. One of the players that will be at that All-Star Game is our guest on this week's episode. It's Teddy Schoenfeld. He is on Team Lara, drafted as one of the many Bs that will be on Lara's team on Tuesday. Teddy talks about his season so far. He was a late addition to the Bees, talks about that, talks about his time at MIT and has some cool high school stories as well from his time in Boulder, Colorado. We want to get you to this interview. So here is Teddy Schoenfeld. We are honored to be joined by our next guest here on Back to the Futures. He is an outfielder for the New Britain Bees and now an all-star. It's Teddy Schoenfeld of the New Britain Bees. Teddy, how are we doing today? We're doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, of course, man. And we're going to start it off. You were named an all-star, as I mentioned off the top. You were named to Team Lara, drafted by your teammate, Joel Lara, in the All-Star Game special, which debuted on Wednesday. What was it like to hear your name, not only called as an all-star, but drafted by your teammate and being chosen to play alongside all of your New Britain Bees teammates on the All-Star team? Yeah, it's great. Um, I'm happy he snagged me for sure. Uh I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, for me, it's like a dream come true. I was a late addition to this league anyway. Um, Getty and the, the the B staff kind of took a chance. You know, they had a pretty full roster, but um, I was asking around looking for a spot and uh, they, they gave me an opportunity. And, you know, it's being all-star is really, really cool, especially alongside uh, such a great group of guys. You know, we are lucky to have, I think it was eight or nine different guys um, on uh, the all-star roster and, and, Joel got us all. So to have us all in that one dugout on Tuesday is going to be pretty awesome. And you, and you mentioned it, you joined the team late. You played your first game on May 30th and had actually had four hits. So what was that kind of that recruitment process like getting put on the bees so late and what was it like producing so well out of the gate? Yeah. um, It was crazy. You know, I 
ended my school season and went home for a little bit, um, rested. You know, we had a long season and we had a long stretch during playoffs during the conference tournament where we played a lot of games in a row. So um, went home and kind of it was a waiting game. You know, I was I was reaching out uh, and my coach from school was like, something's going to break, you know, something will fall through. We'll get an opportunity. But um, it was actually funny. It kind of happened all at once. You know, you, you don't expect it to happen until it does. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll remember the night. Uh, uh, you know, there was an opportunity right away and they were like, how soon can you get here? You know, we, we want you here in a couple of days. Um, and I came out with my stuff, kind of just got packed what I could and, and, and took a flight. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, the rest of, of, of the summer has been great. I'm just trying to stay, you know, what's been good for me is staying consistent. Consistency is key in such a long season. So. Yeah, consistency is key, especially with playing the 64 games that we do play. And so if we, we have reached the midway point. The All-Star game is in New Britain, so you don't have to go far from wherever you're staying these days. What are you looking forward to most about having the All-Star game in New Britain? I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a great experience. Um, I know some of the other guys that are going to be on the team, um, just from around having played against them a lot, or um, just some guys that I admire and I've watched for a little bit at the D1 level or um, – you know, it's going to be great. I'm super excited to, to face some great competition and um, go out there and compete, but also, you know, get a chance to meet some guys and go through that pro day experience that we have. And uh, yeah, the whole thing is going to be a great experience. And then also watch uh, Mark Holy hit some bombs in the home run derby. So. Yeah, the home run derby is going to be super fun to watch right before the all-star game. And if fans are coming to New Britain for the first time, obviously you're pretty new to the city as well. What are you, what, what are some recommendations or what, what should fans look forward to? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's definitely so far, it's been a group of fans that really, you know, cares about the team, which is something that's been uh, uh, cool for me to experience, you know, being able to play in front of a group of people that uh, is interested in the, in the team success um, and is not related to team members, which is, you know, D3. I always joke around that D3 crowds, um, you get like 15 friends and then just like moms and dads. But, um, you know, having a great crowd out there every night, it's been huge. So I would definitely expect that for the All-Star game. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the area has been great. Uh, I'm over in West Hartford, which is super nice. Um, and I'm loving it around here. Uh, Hard-hitting New Britain, baby. Hard-hitting New Britain, and that will certainly be on display during the Home Run Derby and All-Star game. You mentioned it a little bit. One part of our All-Star game is the Scout Day, where you guys get to demonstrate your skills in front of Major League Scouts. What does it mean for you to get that opportunity and for the Futures League to have something like that for guys? Of course, you play D3, so guys at all levels. Yeah, um, it's really great. It's not something that I get the opportunity to do a lot. You know, there aren't a lot of major league guys at our spring games. Um, but I think it's really cool. You know, something that uh, this league has really shown me is that the best D3 guys can play with anyone. Uh, and the league's competition is definitely pretty stiff. But uh, at the highest level, a lot of the guys that we play against and play with are um, are able to compete at that level too. So it's really cool to get that opportunity for sure. Um, and I'm looking forward to the ability to, you know, show what I can do. So. Yeah, and speaking of pro ball, there is a pretty big connection with MIT and the futures league as Austin Fiere was a Brockton rock in 2015 and got drafted out by the Cubs out of MIT, the place that you play baseball. We'll touch more on MIT in a minute, but what's it like to go to a school like that and knowing that there's an example of a pro ball guy like Fiere? Yeah, so, you know, there are guys in our program um, who have really set an example um, 
for the rest of the guys kind of as, as the years go on, guys that we kind of talk about a lot. Austin's definitely one of those guys. The mark that he left on the program has has kind of changed the way we do things, I think. I knew all about what he had done in the features, and then he actually played in the Cape Cod League the year following, um, and then just about playing in minor league ball. He's definitely set an example, um, especially for a school that's not known for its sports, is known more for its academics. Um, it's really awesome to have an example like that. You know, that year we actually had two guys drafted. We had a pitcher drafted in the late rounds um, who's actually now in the front office of a major league team. So to have two guys in one year from a D3 team is pretty cool. Um, and to have guys who have had success, you know, in the Futures League and, and you know, even further is, is awesome to know that you know, we can do that. So. Yeah, it's very cool, especially, as you said, from the D1 level. And kind of going back generally, what has your baseball experience been like at MIT so far? We'll get into the stats and all that specifics a little later on, but what has it been like playing baseball there and even going to school there? It's such an obviously renowned academic institution. So what's it been like to play baseball there and attend college there? Yeah, um, I love it. I love it so far. I love it so much that I took a gap year during COVID when we couldn't actually live on campus just because I wanted to have that full, you know, experience of playing ball and, and seeing my friends in person. So um, it's been really great. And, and, you know, I went there because it was going to be a really good combination of athletics and academics for me. And, um, you know, one thing that's really stuck out is that how the coaching staff is understanding of kind of what we have going on in the classroom. Um, and we're never, you know, not once have I ever felt like I was like really, really getting behind in terms of schoolwork just because of baseball, you know, it's all been kind of manageable. We talk to our coaches, we talk to our teachers, they all, you know, our professors definitely understand what we got, we got going on. So, um, the balance has been great. Um, and it's a really great group of guys. So, uh, the guys all care about baseball a lot, but also, you know, have a lot of common interests outside the classroom. Um, and a lot of those guys, you know, we hang out with the team a bunch off the field. So it's been, I love it so far. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Super important to have that team chemistry, obviously coming into the off season as well. Hold on. We'll get right back to back to the futures, but first we want to share a message from our friends at 78 sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in new England, not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your, kids what they need to work on their game at home our friends at 78 sports can help you put together the perfect at home training setup whether you want to start small with just a tee and a net or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine they have you covered and i've used their stuff before i've seen their facilities they definitely cover everything the team at 78 sports design and install hundreds of at home and commercial sports training facilities so let them help you find the perfect setup for your space Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, the number eight, sports.com. For a limited time only, by just mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. And going back to the Futures League here, you guys in general are seven and three in your last 10. You're tied for second after a bit of a rough start. What's it been like to have the turnaround that you guys have had and now find yourself in playoff position heading in, heading right toward the all-star break here? Yeah. I mean, it's really consistency again, like um, personally and, and in terms of the team, it's just about going out every day um, and treating it like it's kind of the same as every other day, giving your all. Uh, and I think that's something that we've done well. We're, I, I think we're pretty deep in terms of both position players and guys on the mound, which has helped a lot. You know, when you play so many games, 
Um, you can't just have your, your best nine and then be pretty thin from there. We definitely have, you know, every lineup that we've had this year, I felt confident in the guys going out there, um, regardless of who it is. So that's definitely something that's pretty big. I think that um, we give ourselves the ability to go out there and compete every day. We'll never take a day off or, or kind of like take it light on a certain day. The guys on the mound have been huge. You know, the pitching, I, I, I think pitching has really kept us in a lot of games, especially the guys we start and give us four, five, six innings. So. Yeah, it's been really cool this season to see if I feel like starters are going more innings than than especially well last year was kind of the recovery from COVID. So everybody was kind of keeping it, keeping it light. But this year, it seems like everybody's kind of the pitchers are letting themselves go a little bit. And we're seeing yeah like more six, six, seven inning games than we have in a long time. Yeah, what I think is cool is that um, a lot of guys who didn't throw that much in the spring, who like either relieved or, you know, like some guys redshirted, some guys only got a couple innings those guys really coming into their own in, um, in the summer and becoming guys who throw four five, six innings once a week and, and really just like go out there and shove. Um, that's been cool to see. And then also like guys who threw a lot in the spring or maybe started coming out of the pen. Like I know we had Colton Shaw who started at Yale. Um, you know, he being a guy we can count on in the eighth or ninth to go out there and just give us a super clean inning. It's been, it's been huge. So, you know, seeing guys develop has been great, you know, even from the beginning of the summer to now. Yeah, and see, that's what the Futures League is all about right there is developing your skills and making sure you're going back to school feeling fresh and feeling baseball ready. So that's perfect. And now your season specifically, you're leading the league in average at 377. You've got six doubles and 16 RBIs to go along with that. How have you felt so far this season? It's been great. I keep going back to consistency. You know, every every time we go out there and play a team, we know that the the guy on the mound, you know, that's more – kind of important to me the team is going to be good for sure but the guy on the mound you know it's going to be a pretty good arm um so just like settling in and getting used to that you know d3 we definitely get guys like that we played against you know some of the d3 guys that are in this league in the spring sometimes you'll get at the bottom of a rotation or like guys out of the bullpen in the spring that just aren't quite as polished or, or as good as the guys you'll see in this league so you know you can get guys who are throwing at at mid-major d1s or power five conferences coming out of the pen and, and just you know really good arms so um, for me, it's been key to go out there every day and just kind of like battle in the box and give yourself the best chance to succeed. That's been huge. I'm helped a lot by my speed. Uh, never have I loved being a left-handed um, speed guy so much more than this summer, being able to beat out balls in the infield and, and kind of, you know, give myself a shot on some, you know, balls that I don't fail too well. So um, that's been big for me. Um, and yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. Yeah, speed speed takes you places, and the you not only you but the bees in general. It seems like that's like the forefront this year with Mister Stolen Base and Joel Lara there. Yeah, I'm used to being one of the faster guys um, on the team usually, but I don't even know where I would rank on this team. We got so many guys who can just burn. Joel's in a different league, you know. Joel's crazy, and it's been great playing um, playing next to a guy like that because he does a lot of things really, really well that I feel like I can still improve upon. Uh, at bat in the field on the bases. Um, he's just been a really good example for me. I've learned a lot from him already. So he's been great. Yeah, that's awesome. And you touched on it a little bit in that answer, and you've talked about it a few times, including during our All-Star Game special. You mentioned the league competition and how there's always a good pitcher on the mound and always good hitters at the plate. What's it been like not only seeing that from, like, the dugout and from the outfield, but facing that pitching and kind of seeing the elevated competition here in the Futures League? I love it. I mean, that's why I came here. Um, is to see a good arm on the mound every day and, and to, to need to, to figure it out a little bit at the plate and, and, you know, 
just elevate my game. So it's been great. I love it. Uh, it's really cool to see what these guys will go on to do. And, you know, some of the kids that we got incoming are getting drafted and stuff like that. Um, and so, you know, I love it. I think it's great. Again, going back to the fact that it's taught me that, you know, we can play the D3 guys can kind of play with anyone. It's, it's really cool to see. So. Yeah. And you talk about D- D3 big new Mac presence in the futures league. They're littered all over the place. So seeing those guys in the fall or sorry, in the spring and now in the futures league, is there a little bit of trash talk, a little bit of uh, like, haha, we beat you that one time type thing. Yeah. I've talked to some guys for sure. Um, I'm trying to think, I know there were a bunch of guys last year from the new Mac, uh, a bunch of Wheaton guys who were for some of the, you know, bigger conference contributors in the spring. Um, They're definitely guys literally around the league you know i've talked to some guys on wheaton they beat us in the uh in the conference championship and they had a really good good squad this spring so we talked a little bit about that um and yeah there's a there's a couple other kids around the league you know it's funny sometimes they'll be in the bullpen and, and you know i'll be in the corner outfield and we'll just you know we'll be just talking a little bit while while the game's going on in between innings so yeah that's great and i'm looking forward to see what we can do next spring for sure yeah it's always nice to see guys that you saw during your college season in the uh, in the futures league and it's always fun to kind of see that banter and be like oh how do these guys know each other it's like oh right they played against each other like four times during the year exactly yeah and even like guys that you know i'm sure i'll meet on the all-star teams or or just around the league haven't seen a lot going back and and facing them in the spring i'm sure i'm sure it's going to be pretty fun too so before we return to back to the futures we want to share a message from our friends at zorian back company rob zorian started the company zorian back company in 2003 literally out of the trunk of his car in davie florida Within two years, he was selling his wood bat line to Major League Baseball and continues to manufacture the highest grade wood bats for Litter League all the way up to the majors. Rob Zorian, founder and president of Zorian, says, I started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the United States and beyond. And after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League and wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. For more information about Zorian, visit their website, zorianbats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. Now, back to Back to the Futures. So now at MIT, you put together a mighty season last year. You hit 373, and you got a laundry list of awards, including ABCA All-Region First Team, NEIBA All-New England Region First Team, D3Baseball.com All-Region Second Team. You were NUMAC Academic All-Conference and NUMAC First Team All-Conference. That's a lot of the That's a lot of awards. What do they all mean to you? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, um, you know, play for awards, but it's nice to see some recognition for sure. Um, there were a ton of really, really good players in our region, so I was just, like, honored to be picked um, just among among those names. But, uh, you know, I thought I put together a good year. Consistency, again, we played 40, 42 games, I think it was. So going out there every day with the same mentality was definitely huge. Um and yeah, it means a lot, especially in my first year of eligibility, just knowing that I can build on that um, in the future and, and hoping we can make it pretty far in the playoffs next year. So, And I got to ask, you're from Boulder, Colorado. So how does a kid from Colorado end up in MIT? Yeah, um, I'm from out west. Uh, MIT draws from, from all, all over the country. You know, we got a ton of guys from California. We got guys from Texas, from, from the, uh, up and down the East Coast and, and, and the Midwest. So um you know i chose mit because of the academics and the athletics uh I, w- I wanted to go the you know kind of the best school possible that i could or just like you know really challenge academically while also playing for a good program so it was kind of the combination that drew me for sure um 
I was looking at a lot of other schools in the Northeast, like um, some Ivy League schools and stuff like that. But um, at the end of the day, MIT was a really good place for me. So um, yeah, I also, I'm a huge Boston sports fan, big Red Sox fan, and have a lot of ties to the East Coast. So it's definitely a good place for me. Yeah, that's good to hear. Not only that you wanted to come to a good school like MIT, but you're a Boston sports fan. So that's, that's good that we, we see eye to eye on that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we, I live like 15 minute walk from, from Fenway. So that's been, that's been awesome for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm jealous, but I'm, I'm jealous, but I'm also not that far away. <laughs> in comparison. Yeah. And I ask everyone this as a D3 athlete, I think it's really important to, to ask this, how much pride do you take in being a D3 athlete? I think a fair amount, um, for sure. You know, for me, like I always think about the difference between D3 and D1 and there is a whole, you know, just even going through the whole recruiting process, guys, um, you know, sometimes when they failed unless they don't go to the D1, like they have this whole D1 stigma um, and like getting past that and being able to see that there's good baseball at any level uh, is, is I think really important. Um, especially if, you know, I wanted to come in and make an impact pretty early. You know, I knew that I was going to be able to get some playing time kind of going into school. Um, and that was crucial for me, but at the end of the day, it's really about, um, finding a place that makes sense for you and, and, uh, a place that, uh, that fits kind of both academically, athletically, it's kind of like a complete fit. And if that's at D3 school at a D2 school, um, NAIA, just whenever, wherever that may be, um, that's kind of the best thing for you. Um, yeah. All right. Let's backtrack even further now to high school. You had a very good senior year hitting 354, had four home runs and 29 runs, which was third in the frontier league. What was it like going out on those terms and hitting so well your senior year? It was great. Um, it was actually funny for me because I started off the year. Um, we take a trip to Arizona and, you know, we play a couple games at a conference before we get into conference play. Um, and I was hitting really, really badly for those first, probably I'd say five, six, seven games hitting somewhere in the 200s, uh, low 200s. Um, and then during conference play, I kind of went off uh, and, and found my swing a lot and was able to do well against some of our rival schools, which was really fun. Um, there was a day where we played, you know, we played both of our rivals in the same day. We had like one game in the morning, one game in the afternoon. Uh, and I hit homers in both of those games. That's definitely a really cool memory. So um, yeah, it was great. I love, uh, um, I love Boulder High, I love playing on that team. So it was great to go out like that for sure. All right, yeah, that's awesome. I read that in your bio too. That's your favorite sports memory. Yeah, How that was cool. There's got to be like a bat flip of the year or something. And they're like talking down at first base. Like that's, that's awesome. Hitting it against your rival schools and back-to-back games. Yeah. Um, there was, we, so both, I had both of them on video. Um, one of them, the one actually, the first one I hit in the morning was like, like wall scraper barely went out. Um, and it was funny because Colorado, you got that thin air. Uh, and I'm sure here it would have been like fly ball to right, like pretty easily, but I caught it off the bat and I was like, like either that's gone or that's like caught right on the track. So I kind of like stood there and watched a little bit, not really trying to pimp it, but more just like seeing, is that going to go out? Um, uh, yeah, that one was kind of funny, but the one in the afternoon was against like our main rivals, um, you know, and they're, they're usually pretty good. And I, I came up to the plate. It's one of the only times I've come up to the plate, like thinking like, I'm going to try, you know, I never usually do this, but like, I'm going to try and see what I can do here. Just get a ball to the right center gap and really lift it. Uh, and that one was crushed. That one went like way up, like halfway up the light pole. Definitely pimped that one. So that was really cool. Yeah, that's got to be awesome. That <laughs> pimping a home run against your yeah. school. You got to do a lot. I don't. I don't. I don't get to. I don't get to do that a lot. So it's definitely a cool memory. Full showboat in action. Why not? Why not? Yeah. 
You were also a multi-sport athlete in high school playing varsity tennis. What was it like kind of juggling both baseball and tennis? And what was it like just playing tennis in high school? Yeah, um, I like tennis. I played it starting when I was probably nine or 10, just to keep me athletic. Um, it's a really good sport to kind of um, cross train, I think. You know, we, we, I played a club kind of in South Boulder. I'd go there with my parents and it, it gradually evolved into just like, you know, playing at a higher level. It wasn't anything crazy, but I actually stopped playing after sophomore year just because um, it's a fall sport and it interfered with a lot of fall baseball stuff. So um, it was good while it lasted for sure. Uh, I, I still like playing tennis and, and it's fun for me, but it just kind of became a lot. I don't know how guys do the whole like two or three sport and athlete thing. It's crazy to me. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's wild. Yeah. It's like, and every season, like, because I've talked to a couple of guys on this podcast who have done every season sport and it's like, that's, that's a yeah. lot. It's wild. Yeah. We got a guy at MIT who's football and baseball and he goes like, it's crazy. He just beats up his body in the fall. And then goes like right into winter practice and lifts with us, just like yeah. not even taking like a week off. So I don't know how guys like that do it for sure. Yeah, the, that's that's a different breed. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but that's good though. That yeah, you kind of mentioned it, like the cross training, because you're I guess you're swinging the racket kind of a little bit. You got the hand eye. You need both for both. Yeah, my parents were always worried that uh, my backhand would screw up my swing because it's kind of a little bit of a different motion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I didn't see too many bad results because of it, I don't think, but. Yeah, you're fine. It worked out. You're here. You went to, you're at MIT, so it worked out for the best. Jesus. There you go. And all right, a couple more questions here before we sign off. Some predictions for All-Star Weekend. What are you hoping to either do, see, interact with, et cetera? What are you looking forward Ooh. to most? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, again, definitely pump for the home run derby. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I know that, you know, I'm fortunate enough to, to have developed a relationship with Chris Colbello, former major leaguer. He's a great guy. He's kind of been a mentor to me. Um, and I know he's actually coming here with his startup, Pelotero, and we're doing a, a swing assessment during the pro day, which is going to be super cool. I'm excited for that for sure. Um, I don't know, definitely like looking forward to taking in the environment at the pack New Britain stadium on, on Tuesday night and, and seeing what that looks like, you know, ready to, to pack the house and see some good baseball. So. Yeah, it's going to be pumped. This is coming out July 25th, the All-Star Game, July 26th. Gates open at 4 p.m. We look forward to seeing you there. All right, and final question for you, Teddy. What are your predictions for the rest of the season? You guys are in a pretty good spot right now, tied for second place. You know, what are you hoping to do the rest of the year for yourself and obviously for the team? Yeah, um, we got a really good group of guys. Um, and I, I say that in all honesty. And I think, um, you know, what's impressed me so far is definitely like we have really good team chemistry, especially for a summer ball team. You know, summer ball is interesting because a lot of guys are trying to get their work. Some guys are, you know, coming in, heading out. We had a lot of guys, you know, let me think, one, two UConn guys incoming, um, who kind of left in the middle and are getting there, you know, getting their work in at school now. And then we have a kid incoming to Yale who just headed out. So um, with, with, with guys like that, sometimes it's harder to maintain the chemistry. You know, those guys were awesome, but with guys coming and going, it's tough, but I think we've done a really good job. Um, some guys are here from the very beginning who have just been, you know, super big, big team leaders for us and guys coming out to the games on their off days and traveling with the team. That's been huge. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, you got to have good players, but stuff like that's what takes a summer ball team pretty far. So I think the sky's the limit for sure. Uh, I think we're looking at, um, hopefully we'll be, you know, in that second place 
area. I know Vermont's having a really good year, but, you know, if we can finish the year second and go into playoffs on a hot streak, I think, you know, we definitely can go pretty far with this team. Yeah, it is certainly anyone's race right now, but the Bs and their team chemistry have certainly led them to a good spot here heading into the All-Star break. Teddy, I want to thank you so much again for coming on. This has been great. We look forward to seeing you at the All-Star game, as I mentioned, Tuesday, July 26th. And thanks again for coming on. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. And this has been episode nine of season five of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon. Thank you.